You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ in others, and grows together in our faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the 11th Sunday after Pentecost, August 16, 2020, by the Reverend Steve Best, Associate for Couples and Family Life at St. Thomas. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before Jesus, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, Is it not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs? She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Well, dear friends, I have to say this is one of my favorite scriptures because it is so multifaceted. It just brings us in to some of the central life questions of our faith. What does it mean to be fully human? What does it mean to be fully divine and fully human? These are some of the questions that come out of this story today, as well as the persistence of faith. I'd like to begin with a story. Some of you know that I love to walk. Some of you have seen me along the sides the road in Medina and Clyde Hill. I love to walk. Even before COVID-19 hit, I love to walk. I have a story about a walk I've been on for 20 plus years. There's the United Methodist Church of Bellevue on 108th and 24th. Maybe some of you know this church, tucked away in a beautiful neighborhood, Apple Valley, I believe. Well, I've been walking this path for many years, and there's a shortcut that I like to take. It takes me through a neighborhood, then up a steep bank into the back northwest corner of, uh, of the Methodist Church. And it may sound like a small prayer, but you can imagine during the rainy season here how slippery this slope could be. And I just each time slipped a small prayer Dear Lord, I pray that steps would appear. So now let's fast forward 20 years later. That's when I began that prayer. I met a beautiful person named James. He's an immigrant from Kenya. And 
One day I saw him working on that trail. His joy was contagious. He drew me right in. And my first thing that came out of my mouth is, is James, after I introduced myself, is I've been praying for steps for 20 years. And his face just lit up with such joy. And he said, well, we're on it, Pastor. And so each day now, uh, over the last weeks, I've seen this trail progress. Now there's uh, a beautiful uh, set of stairs that are going to be there for some time. They're really set in concrete. And then there's these beautiful plants that, that uh, James has lo um, labored over. And then the beautiful part of the story is the way he's engaged the neighborhood. He, he wants them to, and the church as well, to see this as a community project. And so he's gotten the buy-in and support and prayers of different people, of different ethnic groups and cultures that are in this neighborhood. So let's hang on to the persistence of faith as, as a theme for today's uh, gospel lesson. And now I'm going to move us in a different direction, but we'll return to James in the end. His joy is contagious. So what are we dealing with exactly, the background of this story? Tyre and Sidon is the far, far north of this kingdom. Remember, we've got Jerusalem at the epicenter of Jewish life. And then we have Samaritans, which, remember, are those fallen away Jews uh, that, that aren't quite practicing right. Well, the folks from Cana, well, that's, this, is a, this is the far, far country. And some of you that might remember the story of, of uh, in the Old Testament of, of the, um, really the conquest of Cana, that uh, the Canaan people coming in were there already, and then the Israelites coming in the Promised Land. And so you can imagine the, the cultural mistrust between here's this itinerant rabbi Jew wandering in in the far country, meeting a Canaan, Canaanite woman this is an unbelievable uh, story on many levels. Jesus, well, I don't know about you, but I don't know if he, I don't know where he was coming from. I have to be honest. And yet I ask the question, this is an archetype for our own present cultural dilemmas. Here Jesus is basically saying, and first his response is silence. I mean, I can't believe silence in the face of human suffering this this dear mother has a woman uh, this woman has a, a a daughter that is greatly distressed tormented we don't we don't know if it's an actual demon or whether it's um, some kind of mental illness that couldn't be diagnosed back in the day but this mother is crying out for help in fact a better translation of the word crying out would be clamoring you know i think of pots and pans kind of an agitated sound. And here Jesus is silent at first. Silence, that's bad enough. But then the disciples, the disciples are coming in and they're saying, Jesus, do something, get her away from us. She's annoying, she's annoying. Maybe she's been following us for the last 10 miles. And besides, she's from another culture and she's a woman. And by the way, ritually unclean, a daughter that's possessed. 
Now, Jesus even goes further into this dilemma. I feel, I feel like I, I'm losing him in the story because it's so much not what I want to be about. And yet, it names the struggle. He said, hey, folks, my mission is to my tribe, the lost Jews. That's where I've got to start. He had a mission. He was certain about that. But it brings us into this this dilemma of, of, of what it means to be fully human. And this lens of being human helps us adapt to our culture, helps us survive, and yet it obscures the fully divine. And here, Jesus, we like to think of him as fully divine only. But remember, he was born into a specific culture that had its own biases, just like ours. I don't know what, in some ways, uh, the people of the Canaanite culture, they were their original inhabitants, not unlike our indigenous people here in the United States. And then comes another culture that wants to conquer. It presents so many themes here that are relevant to our struggles uh, in this present age. And yet Jesus... Jesus still stays in the conversation, even though it becomes a bit of a tennis match. Uh, you know, I'll hit the ball over this way, and then uh, the woman hits it back. <laughs> and it's a beautiful story, and there's some nuances here that I want to make sure we pick up. When Jesus is referring uh, to, to the dogs, he's using a specific word that has to do not with a stray dog, a dog that doesn't have a family on the street, but is using a, a particular word that means a dog that's part of the household. Sometimes that's where we have to begin, even with our culture or baptism into a culture that has certain biases about who's in, who's out, who's part of the tribe, who's out. I find it as as a lover of St. Francis that 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 the animals are included in the story. And think about it. I don't know what it's like in your household, but we have two really hungry dogs, one more than the other. And it, they're constantly at our feet. But they're part of the family, even though they would object to the hierarchy that we've imposed, that we get to sit on the table, at the table, and they're down below. They know they're part of the family. And so even Jesus, with the cultural biases that he ultimately had and does transcend, the biases about the Jewish people being you know, the chosen, and eventually Gentiles and the whole world are included in this movement, the Jesus movement towards love and acceptance and forgiveness. But these, <laughs> she goes, even the dogs you know, deserve the morsels from the table. They are ultimately part of the family of God and transcends. That identity transcends the identity of a tribe. And so I love that piece. I mentioned St. Francis. And Francis, in his day, in 13th century Italy, his, the literal titles that people were named with, there was the majority or majority and the minority or the minority. And so the majority were the ruling class and the rising middle class and the minority 
were called the little ones, the ones without a voice. And so when he named his, his order, he named it the Order of uh, Friars Minori, identifying himself with the small ones. The last couple Sundays we've dealt, I named it as the, as the Mustard Seed Conspiracy. Last week, uh, we learned about Peter, you know, walking out on the water and, and Father Lex's uh, wonderful observation that he least gets credit for getting out of the boat, even though he had problems staying afloat. This is what I think about in these, in these times, is the small things. I'm on a walk every day. Sometimes it's literal. I'm out there huffing and puffing, enjoying the sun. Sometimes it's more on the spiritual level that I'm on a walk. I'm on a journey. I was born into a certain tribe. And like the, uh, the woman in today's story, my faith, the persistence of faith, the persistence of, of knowing that Jesus is the one to guide us to a universal identity, that Jesus points us to what is best and what is true within all cultures and denominations. And so it's with great joy that I let you know, getting back to my story with James, is that I presented him with a small statue of St. Francis. To either go into the garden that he's helped create or he said he might have a place in his own home. I told him that this is a gift not only from me, but from St. Thomas. And so I look forward to in a couple, three weeks of being invited to a, an informal blessing. I don't know if there's gonna be a ribbon to cut, but in this far corner, in this, in this backdoor place uh, that, that hardly has a marker that only the neighborhood really knows about. There is seeds of faith that are being planted and that it has potential now to bring us together. A man from Bellevue by the name of Steve and a beautiful, joyful Christian from Kenya meet. These are the meetings that are transformative the meeting between Jesus and this Canaanite woman was transformative for both of them. And it's with that I want to leave you this day, that, that we are all on a walk with Jesus, and he points us to the universal dimension that we are all in a kinship circle. Because of God, there is always enough, and because of God, we have enough. That is, we have enough faith. Because of God, we are enough to be missionaries in this world. And so I leave you with those thoughts, and I bless you with the love that comes through the many generations, whether it's through the Franciscan order, or whether it's from Kenya, or whether it's from First United Methodist Church. We're all on a walk together, and that walk brings us to love. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.